1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Get the Is Charge podcast. My name is Steven, I am your host, and we're here today to uh talk about some uh draft prospects. You know, it's been a minute, We've been focused in on uh, free agency and things like that. So, uh am going to talk about our top 10 safeties in the upcoming 2022 draft class. And joining me to do that are my guys, Alex and Tyler. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today?
2: Doing good. Brand talk safeties. We're one month away from the NFL draft now. Uh so yeah. Uh caught up pretty quickly after two weeks of euphoria and free agency.
1: We're back to doing the rankings. So that's always fun. Yeah, man. I, I can't believe that it's just a month away. I mean, we start we like it, it's both uh bittersweet, right? Because we got to start draft the draft process later, but now I feel like we have to like rush and catch up. Uh, But obviously, I would uh, much rather cover a team that goes uh, nine and eight and is in the playoff hunt all through December and January, as opposed to being three and nine or whatever and and only focusing on draft stuff. So, uh, you know, there's uh, pros and cons for sure. Uh, Tyler, speaking of the draft, you uh, invested in some new
3: draft gear or gear for the draft, I should say. Uh, How are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. I bought myself a pair of shoes and a jacket. There's bright yellow or I guess gold in it. So you'll be able to hear me from wherever you guys are in the country for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of
1: fun. Arjun is going to be there as well. So the three of us are going to have a great time in Las Vegas. And uh, uh, so if you are attending the draft, be sure to come say hi and uh, we'll we'll chat it up. So um, that being said, we're going to dive right into our rankings today. And if you are watching this, of course, or participating, you can see the ticker down below. Uh, our rankings, as always, are brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN where you can go to expressvpn.com guilty to start your free trial of a VPN today. That, of course, helps with computer security. It gives you access to uh, NFL Game Pass International, which is far superior than the uh, U.S. version. Also lets you access Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff on their international packages. So uh, go check that out. All right. So we are going to do our... Our safety rankings today will go from 10 to 7, and then 6 through 4, and then 3 to 1. And uh, at the end, we'll kind of talk about really where we see the Chargers kind of investing in this position group. I, I think it is kind of an underrated need, uh, especially if Brandon Staley is going to be you know, focusing in on the dime package and things like that. So uh, let's start with Tyler. Tyler, why don't you take us through your 10 through seven first?
3: Alrighty. By almost default because I hated the two other safeties that I watched <laughs> that didn't make this list. We have Leon O'Neill from Texas A&M. At number nine, we have Kirby Joseph from Illinois. At eight, JT Woods from Baylor. And then Nick mm. Cross from Maryland at seven. Um, at this point, the seven and eight, JT Woods, uh, Nick Cross and JT Woods, those are guys that I'm just kind of hoping reach their ceiling. JT Woods being more the athlete. I think Nick Cross being a a real hitter miss player. Like a real, real hit or miss player. But I'm hoping that with that super, super athleticism as well, if yeah. you can get him to do consistently what he does well with that RAS score, I think he could be good. When his instincts are dead on, they're dead on. And he can be an enforcer. I've seen him knock two different players from two different games or one player per game out of the game uh, in, in those games. He could definitely... Can do that and be that for you. I think when he does make a great play on the football, he does make a great play on the football. But the negatives are, you know, he can be lost in coverage 1v1. You know, sometimes it looks great. Yeah. Sometimes it's absolutely getting torched by Jahan Dotson on a double move against Penn State. He's an inconsistent tackler. But I think with that Ares score, with what he does well, I'm putting him at seven, but it is a bit of a projection for sure. But again, I don't feel really good about Kirby Joseph or Leon O'Neill. JT Woods, I definitely like kind of in that same vein. Um, So the seven and eight are kind of a toss up for me.
1: Yeah, Nick Cross from Maryland is a really interesting study to me. He kind of uh, reminded, oh, we got Mama Shun already in here with a super chat. Shout out. Um, Nick Cross really kind of reminded me of uh, a souped up version of Divine Diablo, like somebody that I think is probably best suited to be like that sixth-dime linebacker box safety. So I do think he's a little bit pigeonholed into playing exclusively in the box. But, you know, you mentioned that RES score, man, 9.91, which I think is like third in this safety class, a strong safety, I should say, you know, based off of how they, they sort the website. Um, just a really physical player. I think he's a, a, one of the bigger safeties. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I watched a couple of games, and I'm like, oh, like there's some – really inconsistent tackling tendencies. And then sure enough, you go and look at the the numbers and there's really high miss tackle rate. So um, there's definitely some things he's got to clean up. He's definitely some things that, uh, you know, Tyler mentioned the, the issues in coverage as well. Um, I, I think if you draft him, you bet on the athleticism, you bet on the traits, and then you realize that you're probably getting a, a specialist player. You're not going to get like a true, versatile chess piece that you can play deep that you can play in the slot that you're probably only playing him in the box and so if you are a defense that that has that kind of role um you know like i think that like the seattle cover three scheme where you bring in that six safety that would be a really good good spot for him i.e adrian phillips or or rayshon jenkins when he was you know early in his career uh but man like he's he's freak athlete for sure
3: I, if I had to compare him, this is an awful comparison, but I mean, if Aloha Gilman can go in the sixth, I think he can go in the fourth. I guess. Yeah. Ringing endorsement. Ringing endorsement. <laughs> I, I don't really feel good about some of these safety spots.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think when you go, Stephen was kind of talking about this in the chat earlier, but I feel like one to eight, there's like a pretty high degree of athleticism on my list, and then mm-hmm. nine, ten, and honorable mentions are a little tougher. Um, Just because you're kind of betting on guys that I think have high end like skill sets in play, uh, maybe high end like tape, but aren't the most athletic. And that's kind of what you're looking for in the safety position, but not necessarily all the time. Um, So I'll go through my 10 to 7. I actually have two Virginia players on this list. Uh, I have at number 10, Nick Grant, safety from Virginia. And then number nine, Joey Blunt, also a super senior from Virginia. Uh, At number eight, I have Verone McKinley. Uh, and at number seven, I have Brian Cook. So Verone McKinley was kind of the most interesting one for me to watch, um, because I sort of thought watching him like this guy doesn't have like an NFL body at all. Um, <laughs> and like he, he's pretty short, undersized, short arms. And you you kind of like, th- you know, when you watch the tape, though, he doesn't really like play that way. Obviously, he has like great ball instincts uh kind of like moves all around the field has pretty great acceleration obviously i think during the combine he only did uh, a couple of events did not do the 40 yard dash um did the bench press and vertical jumps so you know his speed kind of like as as far as the combine you know not great evaluation on that but in terms of what you see in game speed i think that he just you know he has a lot of that kind of pop to him uh and also just you know we talk about tacklers and i think that's a really Uh, important part of evaluating safeties as well Uh, and he's a very willing tackler uh, and that's something that I think shines through on on the film as well when you watch it he's a guy that uh, really has all the traits or playing traits that you want in safety but I do think the reason that he's at eight and not higher for me is that size because I do think that uh, is kind of going to be a problem in the NFL and while he's a very willing tackler He can also be somewhat of an inefficient tackler at times because of those short arms. And that gives me some pause when it's like, oh, you know, we're going to ask this guy to try to tackle Derrick Henry, like or someone like that, uh, you know, you know, at the second level or something like that. Uh, So I am a little bit concerned about his size. Sometimes he can get overpowered if there's like a bigger receiver, for example. So I do love the traits. And I think, you know, he would do pretty well at the NFL level. But ultimately, he's probably a late day two, early th- day three kind of guy because of his, you know, size and, and stature.
1: Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there, and I do think, you know, he he could be a fit for the Chargers. Obviously, we know that they've they've met with him. Kind of fits what they want to do, and I think, you know, Alex is spot on here because, like, mentally, he's got everything that you want and you could possibly want a safety. He understands route concept. He understands how to anticipate and drive on the ball. He's got those great ball skills. There's a couple of his interceptions over the course of his career have just been crazy, crazy good catches. Like there was one in uh 2019, I want to say against Washington state with uh, Kyler Gordon. I want to say where he was kind of in the corner of the end zone. It was tipped and he like barely got one foot down. Of course you need two in the NFL, but in college, you just need the one. And so he's just got really good balance and ball skills. And I think, You know, he could be a good fit for the Chargers, but absolutely because of his frame, athleticism, I think he is kind of a a day three guy, but uh, I really like the player for sure.
3: So I didn't get a chance to watch him because I figured, okay, I'll, you know, they watched McKinley. I'll find somebody else. Maybe I'd really like to talk about them. Did not happen. So I completely wasted my time (laughs) on that one, but the Chargers obviously met with him. So you say he's a good fit for what they want to do. So what do you think they will do with him and how does he compete or compare to Gilman and Mark Webb?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the difference there between those two is that he would be more of the deep safety player. So I think like what the chargers do at safety is going to be really interesting to me because, you know, down the stretch, they really hinted at, you know, allowing Nasir Adderley to play more around the box, move him around, be a Derwin light kind of player. And so to me, like if you're, if your goal is to allow both of those two players play around the ball more often, you need that deep safety kind of player. And so um, that really is the difference like I think Elohi Gilman and Mark Webber are, are interesting prospects but they're limited athletically they're limited in their ball skills and their range really just in kind of their understanding of how to be that center fielder kind of player and that's that's why I think somebody like Verona McKinley can come in and, and be a good fit for this team because it allows him to play deep Derwin and Nas can play in the box they can play at the line of scrimmage more often And so really, that's just kind of the skill set that I think the Chargers are missing because Nas can play deep, but he's really the only I mean, Derwin can do everything right. But you don't want Derwin playing deep. You want Derwin around the box. So I think the Chargers do need to add another kind of deep safety. And I think McKinley would would be a fit there.
2: Yeah, I I think McKinley would kind of be a fit there. And if you do have him at deep safety i think that kind of works with his limitations in a way because you don't have to have him you know necessarily playing a lot of run defense snaps or or stuff like that on the field and derwin can can be more of your physical attacker like that anyway uh as far as the defense is concerned so i think mckinley would blend in pretty well there um obviously the question i think with the safety group is if they draft a safety super high let's say first or second round what does that mean for nasir adderley what does that mean kind of for the rest of these guys But I think McKinley is a guy where you could still have Adderley there um, and, you know, kind of work with that group still the same anyway.
1: Yeah, and I do think it's they have to be proactive in that regard, but not like too proactive. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird balance because, you know, we were having a conversation about like maybe you trade back and maybe you get a a Daxon Hill or, or one of these other guys in this class early. But then it's like, okay, but that that's just the same kind of trend that we've been seeing where they draft these players and they don't keep them unless they're first-round picks. So it's a at the safety position this year for the Chargers. All right, so if my list here. Uh, again, kind of like my default, like the other guys. I think he's not the best athlete, but at number 10, I'm going to have Smoke Monday from Auburn. Uh, number nine, I do have McKinley there. And then eight, I have Nick Cross. And then seven, uh, Kirby Joseph. So this this group is not necessarily my favorite. I mentioned a little bit of, uh, we talked about McKinley. So I'll talk about Smoke Monday as somebody that I think uh, probably not that fit for the Charters, but uh, did kind of give me Jerron Curse light kind of vibes. I think he, he is a bigger, more physical kind of safety, not necessarily the best athlete. His RAS score, I think, is like 6.7 or something like that, so. Uh, nothing great there but I think mentally and and just kind of his attitude I think is something that teams will really like in the NFL draft I think his his calling card really is that willingness to come into the box and and put his nose into the scrum and really just be that physical presence Uh, he also was pretty surprisingly good in coverage just able to kind of flip his hips and keep up with Mm -hmm. some tight ends use that length that I think is a good calling card so uh you know these teams are going to be looking for these special teams contributors in, in day three these guys who can come in and be that you know fourth fifth safety and you know not be afraid of that role and, and i think smoke monday is good for that again not really a, a fit for what the chargers are looking for um but really just like when you get to this point you're either taking a shot on on the mentality of a player like that the the swagger if you will or kind of the physical profile and so you know smoke monday i think is in general, like I said, not for the Chargers, but in general, a good dart throw on day three for the safety position.
2: Yeah, okay. and I'll say the other thing about Smoke Monday, just in general, like, he isn't the most athletic. Like, I think he tested sort of below average or average when it came to the speed categories in RAS. But he did he did play a little bit faster, like, on tape to me. And yeah. you still have that size, um, you know, that's very prototypical of what teams would want in, you know, a starting safety or at least... Uh, something like that. So for me, as far as dart throws, he's one of the better physical profile dart throws, like you said.
3: A lot of physical profile speedster sort of guys in the safety group. It seems uh, Kirby Joseph, man. I don't know. <laughs> for me, it really came down to, I don't know if you felt the same way. So I had him at nine, so I don't dislike him. And I think him being at nine is, is nice. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but to me, the tackling mentality is really what kept him low. On my list to me, it's not just you know. Again, don't go make the tackle. Just let the guy come to you. Let the running back, the receiver catch them. And that's not really what you want to see from a safety. That's what knocked him down for me. I don't know how you feel about that in particular, or why was he at seven for you? Yeah,
1: you know, totally understand that. I I did knock him down for his his tackling score. is pretty low for me. Um, just not somebody that is is super willing in that regard. And I think you know, he's somebody that's going to be pigeonholed into a specific scheme. And, and really it's a scheme that's kind of dying. And like, if he were, you know, coming into the Seattle cover three scheme, I think he would be kind of high on, on draft boards. Cause he does have that range, that burst, that closing speed, those ball skills that you really like, you really like his ability and coverage and to be that, that playmaker back there. But I, I do agree about the tackling. I just think, you know, when you're looking at kind of players, like so Ro McKinley, kind of is, smoke physically nick cross so really the debate here for me was joseph at seven and cross at eight but Mm. cross is also limited but he's more of like that box linebacker uh box safety so to me i just I, i think you place a higher value on the ball skills and the ability to be a playmaker back there uh so i mean i don't feel great about him at seven uh but you know just kind of the ball production it was really the 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 trait there that i decided to give the the edge over
3: Gotcha. All right. Six through four now. Yeah, go for it. All right. At number six, I have Brian Cook from Cincinnati. At five, I have Jalen Petre. That's how you say his name uh, from Baylor. And then at number four, I have Lewis Sean, the safety from Georgia. I like all three of these guys. It was tough for me to find a way to get to fit this. This, like, Cook at six feels good, but five through two, I think, was really, really close. Uh, Cook to me even though maybe statistically it isn't going to be the best game ever, I thought his game versus Alabama might have just been the most impressive because of what he had to do. You watch, like, even even Lewis Seen, who had a really good game against Alabama, he had a really good game until he didn't, until Jameson Williams just torched him on that one play. Brian Cook had to run and keep up with someone like Williams, like Mechie, and keep track of these guys. And I think his understanding of route concepts – I think it was just fantastic. He did a really, really good job either as a safety or in single coverage. He's a classic football guy. And I think, you know, all of that, all, I you know, how I feel about him in coverage. I think his best trait is how he tackles, or at least the fact that he is a good tackle. I think, you know, his, at least some misses sure, but his mentality is there. Unlike some of these guys behind him, I think that mentality is absolutely there. So to me, you know, pretty good in coverage, smart guy, good football player, good tackler. To me, just only really limited by his athleticism. You know, to me, it's it's, he's not, you know, quite the lunch pail, blue collar, classic guy. But he's, you know, I just, I just think there's going to be something limiting there that I don't think, you know, he just won't be able to reach a great ceiling. But I think his floor is very, very solid. So I think he does the dirty work well. I think he's a very smart player, and I really like him. Yeah, he's uh he's number 6 for me as well
1: and cool. I, you know I tweeted about this. He really does remind me of of Terrell Burgess, somebody that's just really solid can do everything that you want but not necessarily be like that great athlete. Um you know what really kind of sold me on Cook, uh I watched his Notre Dame game first mm-hmm. and you know in that Notre Dame game he's he's being asked to cover uh I forget his name but they're tight end, they're big tight end number 87. Uh, Mm -hmm. one-on-one situations and and really did a fantastic job there, both in off coverage and press situations. Uh, Then he's also being asked to, you know, uh, drive on overpasses from uh, to Kevin Austin, who's kind of that, that freak athlete. So really versatile in coverage and really just has a, a, a great understanding of, of how to flip his hips, when to jam, when not to jam, has great ball skills, has great anticipation, So he's just really smart and heady. And I think he's not necessarily, like you said, into that blue collar, like, you know, sleeper kind of category yet, but he's got those same kind of traits. And I think he is just really smart and is able to really just have a high understanding of plays and when to make them. And uh, I'm a big fan of him. And like I said, I have him at six, two, and that feels right. Like that feels like the Mm -hmm. separation of the tier before. And so I, I really like the player, but I don't think he has the same kind of upside as the other guys
2: yeah um i i like brian cook too i had him at seven of course um so yeah him and kobe bryant kind of just stand out from that cincinnati secondary in general yeah although i guess more so than Bryant, i think cook is a little bit more scheme specific like i think you probably need to put him potentially in like a zone heavy scheme um you know you kind of do that with him um there's a lot of Interesting things you could do. I just think because of the lack of athleticism, and this is sort of the same thing I said about like Veron McKinley, I think he'll probably be pigeonholed at least early in his NFL career. And then, you know, kind of they'll open him up later if he does really start to develop. Um, but that's the case with a lot of the guys from, you know, six to 10, like we said before you start getting into the athletic freak shows. Um, but I will go from six to four now. Uh, I do have Kirby Joseph at six uh at number five i've lewis seen and then i have jaquan brisker at number four uh i guess i'll talk a little bit about kirby joseph just because i came away with a slightly different interpretation of him um i definitely think the tackling thing is bad um so that that was kind of one of the things that came up on tape the fact that he just kind of like ducks his head um I will say, I think that's one of the more correctable things at the NFL level, I guess, though, like for, for years, I mean, Chargers specific, Michael Davis was like awful at tackling. Um, And then he became, you know, I think really improved, um, you know, as he got into the league, really his second or third year, that's kind of when he started to become a little bit better. And I think you just kind of like bet on a guy with some of that athleticism as well to be able to learn that, especially with how you know he's able to kind of like swing his hips and how he's able to um you know just kind of get in position to tackle. I don't feel like it should be that hard to teach him. But then again, there's some guys that just come into the league and they're the same player they were in college. So maybe there won't be that development. Um but I think the amount of burst that he has and the, the ability to make plays on the ball obviously is kind of like you know shut down in coverage when it comes to the slot and stuff like that. Um I, I think yeah. And his movements are just really like off the chain as well. Like I, I've never seen a guy just like who's uh, there's obviously been corners and safeties who can like swing their hips really fast, but he's pretty good at it. Um, You know, and I think that that's one of the interesting things about watching him on tape as well. So um the athleticism is there for me enough to overlook the tackling, but I do think the tackling thing is a red flag and that's why he wouldn't go higher uh than six for me but i understand why the tackling thing would knock him down to nine for you guys
1: yeah i I think that you know it's always fun to see these kind of disagreements right and i think you know we were kind of messaging back and forth and uh i don't know where tyler has him but lewis uh you you mentioned lewis sign all right tyler
3: yeah he's a number four for me
1: okay so um you know alex kind of messaged this and started us started this conversation in the group chat about lewis sign being the perceived number two safety there's a couple media members out there that he think that think that he should be the first safety taken uh so i, I know it's just kind of crazy man these these takes a little bit so i i'm a little lower on kyle hamilton but not that low uh so alex talk to me about uh your kind of evaluation of lewis sign or lewis scene because uh you were the one really to, to start that conversation in our group message
2: yeah i, I guess the difference between like I guess brisker Hill Hamilton and then scene for me was just scene was like, I didn't feel like his ball skills were there. Like I felt like if he was asked to make more plays on the ball, maybe he would have, but I kind of needed to see it like I did from Hamilton um, and and and, um, and some of these other guys. So um, that's kind of what knocked him down for me. And then there's just like really boring snaps. Like Steven said, where he's like, okay, he's lining up an edge here and didn't really make an effective play there, but Okay. Um, so I think there's definitely a physical skill set that you can have for, that for there. like day one he comes in and I think would be a, like a really good run defender like fills the gap super well in that regard I just don't know if his ceiling is as high as some of the other guys and that's why um, I ended up putting him at five but yeah just I I don't know I, I I can't put him like in Kyle Hamilton tier like that's just kind of crazy to me I know some people are higher mm-hmm. or lower on him but Uh, I I just don't think the same level of athleticism is quite there, Um, but at the same time, you know, he did have a good combine, relatively speaking, so I'm sure that moved him up a couple boards, Um, but yeah, I I wasn't as thrilled with, like, the ball skills and playmaking, but maybe if you're looking at that from a Chargers perspective, they don't necessarily need that from day one, whereas they do need run defense, so um, that, you know, kind of could potentially make him an option, obviously, they don't have a second round pick, so pretty unlikely, but Never know. I think
3: yeah, he's so going to be we, one of those guys where you, What did you want to talk about scene? Uh, go ahead. Tyler. I think he's gonna be one of those guys where once he gets to the NFL, everyone's going to be wondering, well, where was this ball production in college? And to me, yeah. yeah thankfully, like uh, to me, I, maybe the different games watch, of course, like well, he didn't get his hands on all that much. And there weren't a ton of opportunities on what I saw, but I think the way he uses his burst and his speed, he knows he can play off of receivers a lot more than some other guys because he's just that twitchy. And I think quarterbacks kind of backed off because they knew that he could close in an instant. And I think even that yeah. same burst, that same closing speed has shown from how far back he's asked to blitz. I think he was only blitzed like what, 11 times and he had zero pressures on the year, but he blitzed from way back. I think they asked him to blitz him really, really far back. So, you know, I, I think he's going to get his hands on more passes in the pros just naturally. But also I just think, I think he's got some sort of twitch and athleticism and upside to him right. that does give him a very high ceiling. So I think once he does get to the pros, I think he's going to make some quarterbacks pay.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the record, you know, Lewis scene has a 9.9 RAS score. So like the man tested like a freak. And I think that does show up on tape. It's just that the understanding of coverage is not there. I do have him higher. I have him at three. So you know, spoiler alert, but um i think his ability to really i think his ability to drive on the ball is really kind of the best in this class um and and outside of kyle hamilton so i think that those athletic traits do show up on tape and his range man his mentality i I think he absolutely is a little inexperienced in coverages and i mean you watch his tape against kentucky and the man's doing nothing like the man is chilling 20 yards back and gets like zero action thrown his way (laughs) he just like Teams would not throw the ball down. Um, you know, if you don't like our assessments, then uh, go watch somebody else, Agent, Soto. So, you know what uh, I
2: I will say one thing regarding scene, uh, and this is from uh, a 2020 clip uh, where he goes up against Kyle Pitts and just lays, like, one of the biggest hits yeah. uh, I've ever seen on him, gets ejected <laughs> for it. Um, pretty nasty. So, like, you know, from that perspective, I will say just, like, the – the kind of mean streak he plays with we talk about that with offensive linemen but i almost think he plays with like a mean streak and you know just kind of not being afraid to hit guys um that might get him into trouble at the next level with how the nfl (laughs) is dealing with you know head injuries and stuff like that um but i i do think he is in general a you know a big hitter um so that's one of the things that even though maybe he doesn't have that perceived like athleticism uh on the field compared to some of these other guys i do think that would kind of like move him up for me
1: yeah. So I'm a big fan of his athletic traits, man. Like the guy can close in a hurry. And I, I do think you can work on on his understanding of a coverages and being able to reroute people and, and handle the over routes and things like that. So it's a little work in progress and I get that, but I think he's just a cleaner safety evaluation than some of these other guys that I do happen to like. So, um, like I said, I have cook at six, and then I have Jalen Petre at five to safety from Baylor and then Daxton Hill at four. So I feel like Daxton Hill is going to be, I feel like Daxon Hill is really going to be the disagreement. And I will say that in terms of like being a cover safety, I think Daxon Hill has the highest ceiling in that regard. I just don't think he has the kind of ball skills. I don't think he has the kind of athletic traits to, to make that big jump and be, An all around safety. So this, this is kind of like the difference for me. Like I think Lewis scene has the flashes has the traits to become a truly all around safety. Whereas these other guys, I just don't see that. I really like Jalen Petrie, man. Like Jalen Petrie was asked to do so many different things for Baylor. Like this man is setting the edge at times. He's playing the run. He's covering the slot. He's covering tight ends. He's matching up man to man. And I think there is a lot to like there, but if, you know, really like the difference in becoming a truly all around safety is, is kind of what I'm looking for. That's why those guys are not as high as Lewis So, in as a regard, as it pertains to uh, Dax and Hill in particular, I just don't see the kind of dog mentality that I'm really looking for from the safety position. I think he is a fantastic cover safety option. I just don't see that happening. So, Um, Moose Starway asking about Petrie. I do think he is a safety for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to list him as a nickel corner, I totally understand that. But I think ideally for Petre, you're asking him to do, uh, you know, kind of that nickel DB role where you're playing some off coverage, you're doing the slot, you're doing other things like that. Uh, Thank you for whoever blocked that clown. So uh, I do like Jalen Petre a lot. And I understand it if you want him in, this slot but to me i think he's a safety i think you want him off the ball a little bit more be able to read and react use his his mentality and things like that so i'm a fan of his but mm-hmm. I, I think he's a safety for me
3: oh man dax okay so darn it i thought i was gonna be the one who was high on lewis scene here so i was like i, I really 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 wanted to put him ahead of daxton hill so I, i'm proud of you for for doing that, taking that. <laughs> i don't wanna say risk i don't think it's super controversial but i feel like Everyone has Daxton Hill. Pennsylvania is that number two, and I don't know if that's the best. Like people are talking about, I was talking about uh, like Trayvon Merrig, you know, from last year, and everyone's saying, you know, you know Hill and Merrig, like they're the same one v one, you know, no. kind of cover corner. I'm like, Merrig allowed fewer yards in two years than Hill allowed this past season. Like just purely off of that alone, I don't see it. I don't see the same kind of guy and he'll to be safety. Like I get he'll being safety too. I completely understand that anywhere between two and four, I totally get. And I think he's such an animal dropping into zone and attacking the ball carrier, uh, yeah. or, you know, make him play on the football or whatever. High IQ can play anywhere, but yeah, I just, I get it. Like, I get, you know, I have him at three, so it's not like I have a number two either. So I guess we, I think we have the same two then. Um, yeah, I just I was so worried about how often he got caught with his back to the quarterback. And if you want like, if you want a guy who's going to be the second best prospect in your group, for him to go against Penn State, for him to go against Ohio State and and struggle as much as he did, and again give up 456 yards in college, you know, as just the, the second best safety prospect, yeah. like I just I don't know, but I understand what people have would have him at too. I, sure. I think he does have that high ceiling. I totally get that he could. Affect the game of football so much because you can put him anywhere, and that is very, very valuable, especially in today's NFL. To me, you know, seen just to me being only a deep safety in my opinion, and Hill being able to play everywhere, Hill just affecting the game more. I put him higher, but I completely understand why you put Scene above him. And again, I'm that's awesome. I think it's a really good call.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think Hill's pro the cover man, and Craig pointing out he's more of a a corner than a safety. I think that's fine. I think he does have that kind of matchup one on one you know ability, but he was sixteenth on our composite rankings for you know play to play basis and you know impacting the game. So I, I just want to see him impact things more and I he's not an outside corner. I don't think he's a no. purely a slot guy. Like I do want him to do safety things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, like all these guys, two through five for me, they're all so close. It really is just kind of like I said, I'm looking for more of like the all-around safety types. And I do think that Hill is more of a cover, like exclusively a cover guy. Like I don't know if I really want him being up in the box, playing the run, or you know, being on the nickel consistently. I think he's he's a little bit more limited than the other guys, and so that's why I have him at uh four as opposed to
3: in my top three. One final thing on the composite rankings, I think he gave up the most snaps per reception. No, he had the fewest snaps per reception which means he gave up a reception more regularly than any of the 27 safeties that we charted like that's just a fact and you have to consider that when ranking him so yeah
2: yeah i struggled with the daxton hill ranking i did end up putting him in my top three we'll figure out where he ends when we you know do three to one uh but i don't know like he he yeah like tyler said i think the versatility there is enough for me to put him over someone like seen um sure. in a way he's kind of like a bit of the souped up version of like nasir Adderley, where it's like okay you know he can kind of do a bunch of these things um i think you can have him at nickel and safety um you could kind of put him wherever you wanted really But at the same time, um, he does get burned and picked on sometimes, partially because of his size, Um, and if you look at his RAS score, there's one column that's just fully yellow and one column that's fully green, uh, and that kind of shows up on tape when you watch Daxton Hill and some of these bigger games. So I do think that he is kind of mm, maybe a little limited, like Steven says, at the next level, but... For me, I think the potential there, I I think the ceiling is kind of why I still have them there despite some of the problems.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: All right, Tyler, let's uh, get your top three.
3: righty. so at number three, I have Daxton Hill. At number two, I have Jaquan Brisker, if that's how you say his name. At the number one, I have Kyle Hamilton. I don't want to take Steven's Brisker things. So I'm going to let him have him at number <laughs> two. We did just talk about Daxton Hill. I'm going to talk about Kyle Hamilton because I, yeah. I, I am still, I've mentioned this before, I like him. He has a first-round grade for me, but I think it's at like a seven which for, us is the, for me is the cutoff for a first-round yeah. grade. I think he's good at everything. I, I think he's generally good at everything. But then again, the notion... Now, I do think he is ahead of everybody else in the safety group, obviously. But the notion that he is one of the best players in this draft, like should be one of the three best players in this draft, is kind of bonkers to me. And I don't get... I think it's very easy for people to say, Oh, Derwin James. Oh, Derwin James. Everyone's trying to compare this safety to Derwin James. I don't think he was a better prospect than Wusu Koromoa, to be completely honest. I think Joke was, JOK was was a better, a more you know, angry tackler and, and a better 1v1 coverage corner for safety, I guess, in my opinion. Now, he went on to play linebacker, I think, for the Browns. That's different. Hamilton, I think, will play safety or be more of a defensive back, I guess. But I just... I don't know, man, like what if he, if people are comparing him to Derwin James, what is he close to Derwin James, even out of college as, I don't know. And then to me to to have him better potentially than Aiden Hutchinson, I think is (laughs) a little bit ridiculous. I don't understand where that's coming from. And again, it's not the end all be all, but if you want to be like Aiden Hutchinson is considered, you know, maybe the best player, one of the best players in this draft, and he was number one in our composite edge rankings. Like you want to see something like that to just kind of check that box, right? Evan Neal, maybe the top tackle. He was, you know, top three in our composite rankings. Kyle Hamilton came in at ninth among safeties. And again, Hamilton plays different competition than, you know, Yusuf Corker or whatever from Kentucky, or maybe he doesn't, <laughs> but you know, I, I just, <laughs> I just don't buy him as one of the best players in this draft. With that said, he's go- or excuse me, one of the topic, three best players in this draft. With that said, He's going to have a first-round grade for me. I'm pretty sure the whole way. He's going to be one of the only maybe the 15 players that have that for me. Um, I just don't buy him there. Number one for me, first-round grade. I just don't buy him in the same tier as some of these upper-upper-tier guys. I think we're all on
1: <laughs> the same page there because like Kyle Hamilton, I think he is the best safety. I think he is a top 15, 20 player in the class. Um, he has a low first-round grade for me as well. And again, that's not not 32 players are going to have a first round grade like Tyler is saying, but right. um, I think that the, the Derwin comparison for me only applies for like his ability to be like a matchup guy against tight ends. Cause he's okay. really the only yeah. player in this class in this safety class that has the size, the coverage ability, the understanding to say, okay, I'm going to go put Kyle Hamilton on Kyle Pitts on mm-hmm. Darren Waller on Travis Kelsey. So that is the only instance where I'm like, okay, I can understand that specific thing. But I mean, as we all know, Derwin is a freak of nature and can do everything well at the safety position. And I don't think that's the case for Kyle Hamilton. I really like the player, mm-hmm. but top three player in the class is, is a little rich for me. And I'm, I'm still hearing like his name being thrown around with the Houston Texans quite often. And I'm just, I'd rather have to take one of the pass rushers on the offensive tackles. uh, You know, Trade back, uh, like I, I just, I can't see that being. If I were a Texans fan, taking Kyle Hamilton at three would just not be what I would want.
2: Yeah, I, I think when you when people compare him to Derwin, I just don't think he's as fluid a mover as Derwin is. Like, I think he's a little bit more stiff, sure. and that, that kind of shows up on tape. For example, um, in the Cincinnati game, where he kind of got burnt by some slot receivers mm-hmm. a few times. Um, Alex okay, Pierce got
1: him on a couple go routes too.
2: Oh yeah, um, and so. The the comparison that other people bring up for him is also um, my guy, uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, pretty frequently, and I I sort of, I don't know. I guess I think that athletically he is pretty similar, but I also don't think at the next level he's going to be able to play kind of as many positions around the field. I do think he'll sort of be boxed into safety a little bit. Uh, the Cardinals are in like year three of Isaiah Simmons and they still don't know really how to use him, uh, which is really concerning to me uh, with how they've played their linebackers and safeties over there. But I, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I sort of sell the Kyle Hamilton to Derwin James comparison, although I can see that more. But I think whenever, you know, a lot of these defensive coordinators are just going to be like, this is going to be our jack of all trades guy. i um, I, I think that's a little bit easier said than done, especially because I don't think he's quite as athletic as an Isaiah Simmons or Derwin James, personally. So that's why uh, that's why I have him at number one. <laughs> I feel like we're we're shitting on Kyle Hamilton. And that's right. why like, he's also the best player in the same room. Um that is kind of the funny thing. Uh, but yeah, so my top three, I have Jalen Petre from Baylor at number three, I have number two, Daxton Hill. I have number one, Kyle Hamilton. I've already talked about Hamilton and Hill. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Jalen Petray, but I just thought that, uh, you know, he was one of the better ball hawk guys that I kind of watched in this class and obviously can play man-to-man really well. Uh, I showed that in a lot of like Big 12 games. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Buddha Baker um, in sort of how he plays. Yeah. And I I, I, I kind of like that a lot that- from him. Uh, Just in terms of like how he finishes uh, his tackles uh, and sort of how he's willing to be a bit more physical and like throw his body around, you know, in in the Buda Baker way of like not uh, not shying away from, you know, uh, DK Metcalf or something like that and willing to be aggressive all the time. Uh, I really like that from him. Not the best, you know, like physical specimen, I would say. Um, I actually don't know how he like physically compares to like Buda Baker but he does have kind of like smaller hands, a little bit smaller arms too. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so that will kind of be the knock against him. But I just think he does everything well that you want to see at the next level in terms of like tackling that. I think you can sort of, you know, you don't need to have like him be like a freak RAS guy with top end speed, like all the time. Um, I think everything else that he does on the field is just really good. Um, and I think the fact that he can play man and he can play deep, uh, and he can play zone. I think that that just makes him so much more, um, versatile to, you know, an an NFL defense to potentially Brandon Staley, uh, as well, if the chargers were to go after him, not that I think they will. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, no, he's, and, and there's, it's not just like, oh, he had this year and that was it. Like he's been at this level kind of for a while. Mm -hmm. uh at baylor when you whether you watch a game from uh 2020 you watch a game from 2021 uh he's kind of been the same player but slowly getting better throughout so um i i just love how he (laughs) you know we talked about tackling i love how he tackles love how he plays all around the field um and i think he can kind of be that like Budabaker like safety for a team and for that um i I have him in number three
1: yeah i love that comparison alex i had not thought of that one so I think he's a little bit bigger than than Buddha, but but very similar physical profiles for sure. I think if the Chargers did have a second round pick, he's mm. somebody that I would be really interested in because you know I think he solves a lot of different problems that the Chargers have. I think he, he adds some athleticism in the in the secondary. He boosts the run game. I mean, like I said, this man was setting the edge for Baylor and chasing down running backs from the backside. So there's there's a lot to like for for Jalen Pichu, and I do think that he would be a good fit for the Chargers for
3: sure. Yeah, I love Petre. I, I, so I watched Tyson Anderson from Toledo who had zero <laughs> interceptions, zero pass breakups, or even if you watch Lewis scene, you know, you have to appreciate what he could do, but there's no real production there. Petre, let me just read it off. 25 pressures, two sacks, 50 run stops, two forced fumbles, two interceptions, six pass breakups. I mean, you just you just turn on the tape and it's just fun. I could see why any fan of any team would just fall in love with this guy. He's fun. He's all over the place. He can do quite a bit. I, I rewatched because I heard that he had taken a big step forward at the senior bowl and people were really saying he did a fantastic job that must have been in team drills or maybe even the game. I wasn't really impressed with the one-on-ones because it's like, Oh, there's Bo Melton beating him or there's Khalil Shakir beating him. And I was like, eh, I don't know where the step forward was, but supposedly yeah. he was one of the big winners. So it must've been team drills. It must've been during the game or something, but yeah, he's, he's an awesome player for sure.
2: Yeah. I also wonder how much of that is like, people don't watch Baylor and then they watch this guy. Um, so I, I feel like there's an effect for not that Baylor's a small school, but compared to the true like blue bloods, I, I feel like that does kind of have an effect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up with uh, my three uh, Lewis seen at number three, like I said, uh, mm-hmm. and then I have Jaquan Brisker at number two. also, and then Kyle Hamilton at number one. So, brisker became a really uh favorite of mine when i was watching him on uh saturday afternoon uh or actually it was friday night excuse me and then i tweeted out the uh, mock draft of the Chargers training down and, and taking him in the first round um which was definitely a joke was not serious at all i do not think taking a safety in the first round would be smart um but i do really really like brisker and i and like you know throughout the show i think when you're looking for these all-around safeties I think Brisker has the chance to really be that. And, you know, I've seen some comments that he's only a box safety, that he's a little, little limited, and I just don't really agree with that at all. He tested, like, like really, really well. Not as as high as, you know, Lewis Seen, who had a 9.9, but he had a 9.05 res score, which is really good. 6'1", 200 pounds. So he really kind of checks the every kind of physical box that you can really see. And Penn State did align him as a deep safety on occasion, never – a true like center fielder, but you know, he was asked to do those things, and I think his ball skills are fantastic. Really can be seen, you know, breaking up passes at a really high level. He had seven pass breakups this past season for Penn State, and he also had the fifth most run stops among safeties in the Big Ten uh, not just you know, uh, draft eligible safeties in the Big Ten, but all big safeties in the Big Ten. So, somebody that I think is productive against the pass, productive against the run can really check all these boxes is is a high end athlete, not elite athlete, but a high end. I would like to see him be a little bit more decisive uh, with diagnosing routes because when he does drive on the ball, I really, really like what I see. Yeah. And um, I think he does have that mentality. Like I said, to really just uh, close a gap in a hurry and go separate the ball from a receiver is something that he does really, really well. And then really kind of what sold me is just his ability to affect the run game as a a deep safety and come up and just make plays in space and get a tackle for loss against Iowa, get a tackle for loss against Wisconsin. And so for me, I think he's just the best case scenario. If you're missing out on Kyle Hamilton, like he's the best case scenario of, of finding a truly all around guy that can affect the pass, affects the run, gets tackles for loss, has that mentality, to put his note to, you know, get those into the scrums, be that willing tackler and affect the game in just a variety of ways. So uh, Jaquan Brisker was somebody I really, really liked. He is a personal favorite of mine. We are going to do like a my guy episode later on in the process. Mm. And Brisker is definitely a my guy in this class. I I love Jaquan Brisker.
2: Yeah, I I like um, Brisker a lot too, to to have him at number four. Um, Could have put him in the top three, but I just, you know, had petre and Hill beat him by just a little bit uh yeah. there's one play against uh ohio state that i really love from him where i don't i think it's trayvon henderson it might have been someone like that one of the running backs it pretty much is all the way to the house he's gonna score has yes. already beat the defense uh-huh. um and then you just see brisker you know all 15 feet tall of him just covers <laughs> 70 yards from yeah, the other yeah, side man. of the field Haul mm-hmm. ass and bring him down right before the end zone, and I just thought that was something that was like really impressive and and caught my eye when I watched it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the play is a net result for Iowa State that's really good, but just to to show the effort on that play and and show his physicality to be able to do that, uh, I thought it was just really impressive and shows you know what kind of player he is as a as a top five safety in this class for sure.
3: Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that play up against Ohio State because I completely forgot about that. I had screenshot it and I was gonna share it. But yeah, he's he's over there and the play's going over here. And there's a, like he couldn't have been further away. He might have been getting at the opposing pylon and he still made that tackle. And that that does check a lot of boxes for a lot of teams. Just hey, that's that's heart, that's athleticism, that's closing speed, that's whatever you want to call it. So that was a fantastic one for sure. I just it's funny, I I liked him a lot. And he kind of just moved up my rankings because I couldn't find a way to put him down. Like, he's, he's number okay. two for me. I, like, he just, there he's so well-rounded. You know, he plays the run game very, very well. I think not just going up and making a play on the ball carrier, but there isn't a wide receiver or tight end or some sort of, you know, pulling tight end or whatever that can, like, he gets around them or through them. And some guys, I love watching them because they can they take on that you know lead blocker or whatever and let somebody else make the play. But Brisker has a knack for making the play, and you know taking on the blocker and then also making the play on the football. Yeah, I think that really really stood out to me. Um, again, he's a high end athlete, tons of positional flexibility. I do I do worry a bit about his ability to either work like laterally or his agility. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is. But there are a couple times, I think, in the in the film watching that just kind of he never was really picked on for this. But I had a bit of a concern about his ability to break from center field on, on routes that maybe like a post or a deep crosser that was kind of breaking a, a, across his face. And I thought that, no, oh, like maybe he's a little bit slow there. Like he couldn't quite flip his hips and turn yeah. there. And then against Ohio State, they did that once and they didn't go to whoever that receiver was that time. They tried it later in the game and a went right across the space and beat him for a big touchdown. So I do worry about that. And in that same regard, that same, you know, agility, nimbleness, whatever you want to call it. Um, once some receivers are in the open field in front of him, I do worry about his ability to adjust to some wiggle guys with lateral movers in the open field. And, and the the numbers do back that up. I think he's like 20th in a not good way in missed tackle rate against the pass. So that kind of worries me a little bit too. But I just think there's there's so much to like about him. There's so much that he can do well. You know, I, I can see him doing more corner things than someone like seen. So that's why I have him a little bit higher.
1: Yeah, he's definitely got some coverage issues that I think needs to be worked out. And and that is kind of where I, I can see people saying, like, oh, he's a box guy, but I think he has the ability and the skill set to do it. He's got the athletic traits to do it for sure. Um, again, somebody that I I really like. So uh, we got a couple people watching the watching our, our show during the, the soccer game. We got uh, somebody on vacation in South America. You guys are awesome, man. Shout out to all of you guys. Um, all right, let's 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 wrap up the safety discussion here because like we said at the top a couple times with Nassir Adderley, it's a very interesting case. He's on the last year of his deal. Derwin mm-hmm. James also playing on the last year of his deal, probably going to get an extension. So how the Chargers address the safety position – is going to be very, very interesting in this draft because financially, like, I I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay both Adderley and Derwin James, you know, high-end contracts. I don't think Adderley is going to be like a market set or anything like that, but I would imagine he gets a decently high contract. So, uh, Tyler, what do you make of Adderley's situation, you know, looking forward and how the Chargers can kind of address the safety position in the draft?
3: I mean, before free agency and before the acquisitions of Jackson and Mac, I was told that the only guys that were really safe were Asante Samuel Jr. and Derwin James. Nasir Adderley is not Brandon Staley's guy, and I I think he improved quite a bit. He took a very, very nice leap forward for sure. If he does that again, he's going to be a great safety next to Derwin James. Absolutely. But you're right. He's got one year left. Same with Tranquil, but that's a whole different story. You know, Nasir Adderley... I don't know what they would want from him. I guess it sort of depends on whether they were actually in on Tyron Matthew or not, because I'd sort of heard that Tyron Matthew, the situation was they didn't think he could still play in the box and go make tackles and be physical as he enters, you know, year three of his new contract with whatever team he ends up going with. So, but this year feels different in that regard because I feel like he plays more back. So he, and I think he played in run support really well. So I'm not really sure what they expect of him. Um, to me, if they do want to move on from Adderley, it's because they just want something very different. And I think I think Adderley, we've always talked about him being, oh, well, there'd be a slot corner or being able to do this. Or, We're able to do that. He's just only been a deep safety. And so if they want to move on from him, I think they would want to go for somebody that could just play more positions. Again, Dax Hill. Like I don't think Lewis Seen would be in play in that regard. I, I don't. I'm not saying that's a one-for-one switch but it's kind of like this uh, similar player. Like you're great in run support and you play deep, but you know, Dax Hill, Jalen Peacher, those guys can move all around. So I I don't know. I think he, man, he's only got one year left on his deal. I wish he, I wish he had one more year. Like we just, I know we really don't know with him because on the one hand, you see the step that he took forward, but then he isn't making a play on the football. Did he have an interception? He's had one interception his entire career with the Chargers so far. And it was a gimme ball from Drew Brees. He dropped
1: like, he dropped like four last year.
3: It felt like it. And again, like maybe that's just law of averages or something a regression to whatever, like maybe he gets four this year. Maybe he doesn't drop them, but I don't know if they're willing to wait that long. And I hope they're a bit proactive, but I will say Daxton Hill at 17 doesn't make me super happy.
2: Yeah. I think they're kind of in a tough spot. I would guess that they take a safety. Either they trade back in around two, or that's kind of like a, you know, uh, late day three early or sorry late day two early day three type of pick um i don't think they're going to go in the first round unless they just get some tremendous value and kyle hamilton falls out of the sky like derwin james four years ago Uh, although i don't think that's going to happen um the adderly thing yeah the the adderly thing is interesting because I don't know. I, I don't know what his eval his valuation would be on the market. And the Kaiser white contract, for example, makes me like skeptical of like how other teams just kind of view some of these chargers players. Um, I don't, you know, he did also miss his rookie year. um, And so we just kind of don't know like what he is. Obviously he could have the breakout season this year. uh, And then, you know, suddenly we're talking about him in a very different way with 2023 free agency as a potential must-re-sign or maybe he you know just goes past the Chargers pay grade considering they just restructured the Mac deal and maybe they just won't have the money um but for me i just kind of need to see more um from Deshaun Leary at this point i don't mind him you know if he wanted to kind of extend him at like the current rate of what it would cost for a year or two i wouldn't mind that as a stopgap but i do think they kind of ultimately replace him in the same vein that we saw Uh, Kaiser White didn't end up being one of Brandon Staley's guys. I think that we kind of will see Nasir Adderley not being one of Brandon Staley's guys as well. Um, like Tyler kind of insinuated earlier.
1: Yeah. uh, I I think Adderley is a good starter. I think he's a quality starter. I don't think he's necessarily played his way into like must resign like we thought Kaiser had last year. Um, I I guess it'll kind of depend on really what his market would be on the uh, if he does hit free agency. And obviously mm-hmm. what he does this season. Um, but if he doesn't get any inter- interceptions this year, then he's not going to have a strong market like that's right. just, You know, a deep safety that doesn't get interceptions is not going to be a quality free agent signing. I mean, even if you look at Rayshon Jenkins, two years ago, Rayshon had a good amount of interceptions and granted mm-hmm. he went to Jacksonville, who was just throwing money around <laughs> like they always do. Still doing, but still doing that. We'll always be doing that because that's why they are so bad. Um, But Adderley is going to be a really interesting case study because I know Ronaldo Hill really likes him. We haven't really heard many of the other coaches talk very highly of him, but Mm -hmm. Ronaldo Hill all throughout the season was speaking very highly of, of Mr. Adderley and his ability to, you know, be that high IQ player that they're hoping for. You know, he could said that he was the one that was always winning all the, the coverage quizzes. I forget they use a specific app for it, but um, Mm -hmm. I know Ronaldo Hill likes him. I don't know how Brandon Saley feels about him. I don't know how Tom Telesco feels about him at this point. So I guess the, the question really has to be asked is like, what does he have to do this season to really truly become like a must resign, obviously outside of the, the you know, get more interceptions.
2: Yeah. I also just feel like they're kind of going to be tight on money anyway, in terms of, and if you're already giving Derwin an extension, you know, plus the, the cap hits that we've talked about from next year already, I just feel like that probably leaves Adderley outside of the picture unless, you know, he doesn't get interceptions and, you know, suddenly he's signing like a one year $4 million deal or a two year $8 million deal, whatever it is. I I think his value would have to be pretty low, which is not what we want to see from him. We want to see a breakout season. But um, I I think if he does have that, he's kind of well past the Chargers at this point if they're going to resign Derwin.
3: Yeah, I would at least just like to see them. Like, I, I really don't think they're going to upgrade over Nasir Adderley at this point, and all the options in free agency don't seem to be on the board for them at this point. So, I would love for them to just go get somebody on day three who at least has some sort of athletic upside. You have a Gilman, I think it was like a three point eight RAS score. Mark Jeez, wait, is like a, that low? Yeah, Mark wow. oh, like a yeah. six. You know, and then Ben DeLuca is probably not that high either. Um So yeah. they need like anybody if it's jt woods because he's got a nine eight or whatever it is go for it if it's you know joey Blunt who they met with 9.87 just go find some sort of juice back there because you can't just keep trotting out guys that are like got a six which is way faster than i and way better than i could ever do but in the nfl like you you can't hey, just can you even bench like,
1: press 225 50 times bro <laughs>
3: 48 maybe <laughs> i don't do weights I don't know.
1: <laughs> alex is a long distance runner um but yeah i i think that's this is exactly why you know the guys that you mentioned make a lot of sense but this is exactly why i think they do need to get like a day three deep safety kind of player again verone mckinley obviously who they've met with as well i think would fit just give them insurance give them some flexibility and obviously you know alohi gilman and mark webb's development are are, are important to this conversation as well because you know, if they have options, then obviously they can allow Nasir Adderley to, to test the market and, and you know, potentially uh, be like Justin Jones, like Lorenzo McDaniels uh, is saying somebody that, hey, you, you go test the market, you can't find a deal, come back and we'll work something out, which is I think what happened with Justin Jones. And then he got the relatively big contract from Chicago. So, um yeah, I do think that we will see a safety pick at some point, And I'm hoping like, Tyler saying that it's an athletic deep safety with ball skills just to give them that extra support that extra flexibility back there
2: yeah i, I would hope for the same but uh, if we hope for uh, safety with great hips and great speed we're gonna get larry roundtree converted to safety uh, at that rate so
1: <laughs> it's so weird to me man like this team like if you look at all their like first three right. round players it's all high res scores and then all the day three guys it's like what are we doing here?
3: <laughs> yeah. Even they take one with Neiman. they don't start him. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we uh, head out for the evening?
3: I'm going to go watch Veron McKinley because I wasted quite a bit of time watching other guys that are should not be in my top ten or twelve. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's he's somebody that I, I'm hoping to uh, do like a profile on or a film breakdown or something on. So we'll we'll see.
2: Um Alex, final thoughts. Uh back to doing the draft rankings. Um uh, you know, I think we'll are we doing linebackers on Wednesday. Is that the deal? I uh, uh, will figure. <laughs> we'll figure out what position we're doing next, but happy to be doing these uh and we'll, you know, get to every position uh and not do quarterbacks
1: this year cuz we don't need to. Uh but yeah. So, yeah. excited for all that. <laughs> except for the, the charges are apparently enamored with some seventh round potential quarterback (laughs) from, I can't even remember where, but, um, Madison,
3: James Madison, Madison, James
1: Madison. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, which is really just, they're enamored with a seventh round quarterback. Like what are we,
2: (laughs) well, Easton stick is heading into the last year of his deal. We need to replace Easton stick. So we need Uh, another guy who's not going to do anything.
1: I know just get an (laughs) undrafted free agent for comp for a camp arm like what are we doing here anyways that's a different conversation so um yeah we'll uh we'll figure out what we're doing on Wednesday show it will be a draft ranking show unless the charters do something crazy and we do an emergency pod or something like that but uh all signs for the charters are kind of headed towards uh doing the draft and then um figuring out the rest of free agency after that so uh hopefully not hopefully we get a couple more additions and we will talk about them if they happen uh, but Wednesday show will be a draft focused episode just like tonight uh, and if you are listening to this please go leave us a rating uh, rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice if you are watching this and you are about finished please like the show subscribe uh don't be like uh, Mr Sato earlier who was being a hater and uh make sure and sub <laughs> and and be a be a cool <laughs> be a good person I guess um all right that's gonna do it for us today guys thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on Wednesday